Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shout outs on the podcast. I've recently started working part time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hoop theory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hoop theory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Pascal Siakam episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 43. My name is Logan Wortman, and joining me as always is my good friend, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going fantastic. Yeah. We, we, it's one of those, so like ranking times of the year, mm-hmm. I'm going to put all sports in the same category. Free agency of all sports is like. I, I put it above the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals week. Mm. Like Obviously, if my team's playing, it's like a little different, but like yeah. just in general. But the free agency is so fun because of like what it lets your brain do. And it's just like, this is like 2K. It's wild. Yep. yep. And it's like <laughs> happening constantly. There's so much of it. It's like just a Christmas. Cr- <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 an, an elite time of year to be a sports fan. I feel like the it's crazier than it used to be because I feel like. 10 years ago, all free agencies weren't as crazy as they are now, but now you've got craziness. We'll break down uh, this, this new CBA free agency. Cause this is the first one that's really seen the effects of the, as I, I'm just going to call it the very owner friendly NBA collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I feel like it allows more guys. Anyway, we can talk about that later, but anyway, it's the first one. It's exciting. I'm doing great. The news was wild and almost America's birthday. Greatest nation on the planet. That is very true. Very true. So I guess deciding on where to start, for those who don't know, this is Sunday. So this is day three of free agency. I haven't looked at if anything's happened so far today. The only thing I think could be a good intro, but we have to do our proper intro. I already did it. You did? I missed it? My brain just shut off? I I asked you, how's it going? And that's how you started talking about what you started talking about. (laughs) Oh, I just totally forgot about the spicy pea love. Yeah, Pascal Siakam. Or, uh... What were the Darty? Brad Darty. Yep. Doherty. Darty. Whatever. Hardy, Hardy, (laughs) Hardy. And then uh, what was the other Sigma. Jack Sigma. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the only thing that I've seen is Dame. The (laughs) Trailblazers are reportedly not going to just like give him his exact wishes and send him to Miami if they're going to lose the trade. Yeah. Okay. That's, I I feel like that's a a good decision. Yeah. That's like a, yeah, it seems like a no duh, but it's, it seems like an official report as of today. And if we're just going to start on the Dame side, does that work? Yeah. One thing I find extremely interesting is the parallels between Damian Lillard and Russell Wilson in the NFL. Because Russell Wilson was this good guy, played in Seattle, didn't want to be the Northwest. Yeah. I guess I didn't think of that even. That's a further down yeah. the rabbit hole. But like, 
I should have described an NFL player and then told you which NBA guy this reminds you of, but like wanted to be the nice guy, loved his market, didn't want to make a big fuss when he wanted to get out of the market, made the t- tried to make the team look like the bad guy. And then after years of it happening, he finally was like, I would like to play somewhere else and tried to do it as nice as possible and did all these facades where he just really wanted to be gone. He didn't want to be there anymore. That's what Russell Wilson mm-hmm. did, ended up in Denver, and it's exactly what Damian Lillard's doing, but he's not going to end up in Denver. So that's probably not. If he does, I I feel like that would be a loss for the Nuggets. Yeah, probably. In the future, because they have a couple years lined up where things could go very well for them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I just thought that was an interesting parallel that I saw. Like, both of them loved their markets, kind of a smaller market. Both their markets were. Yeah. They didn't want to be the bad guy. They kind of, like, took multiple years of... Like they just dealt with it for a couple of years, waiting for their team to do something and like mm-hmm. passively aggressively were like, hey, come on, come on. And then eventually they just were done and were like, I would like to. Do yeah. That. But so he, he in, was so respectful to wait and see what they did for the first couple of days of free agency because in being the, the nice guy that he is. Yeah. In the Russell Wilson parallel in his situation, did he was there a detail of like the team drafting? a player that was kind of like a replay it kind of made it hard to fit stylistically with him like you know drafting another quarterback or something no but the team didn't like give him not as bad as Aaron Rodgers but like they never gave him an offensive line but I will defend the offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks Russell Wilson in Seattle the way that he played and moved around one of the hardest style of quarterbacks to block forever because he's not Lamar Jackson elusive enough that he can like run out of the pocket and do crazy stuff. He was good, but he wasn't Lamar Jackson level, but he wasn't so sit in the pocket that like, so his you pocket know, was essentially bigger. It was a bigger area. For and the that's hard to block to for. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah. And so, no, there wasn't like a, we drafted your replacement, figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like the Dame thing, let's say they get Brandon Miller instead. I feel like Dame still asks to be gone. Really? I, I, in my parallel saying that they're the same person, which they're totally not, but like mm-hmm. in my, the parallel, it's just, it's been boiling. How many years have we heard Dame talks? Four, three. But like, I don't know if any of that was him saying anything. There's been but, people saying, oh, people, you know, Dame gets Dame. to get out of Portland free and stuff Dame. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I think he, he did it in terms of his legacy in Portland. It happened in the best way possible. I don't think Portland fans are going to be mad at him with how oh, he, yeah. All of these things that he's done. Uh, I mean, like, look at how Rockets fans still love James Harden, even though he but, that was like well, the worst way you could possibly screw over yeah, your franchise. <laughs> which is crazy. And he's probably not going to be back because of how the Rockets have spent money. But yeah. for a long time, people thought he was just going to be back. And Houston would have been, sure. I think it was, yeah, it was the Bill Simmons podcast. He had a guest on that was like, I've never seen a fan base defend a player that doesn't play for their team anymore. Like mm-hmm. Rockets fans defend James Harden. Like yeah. I would post something about Philly and I would get like attacked by Rockets fans for disrespecting James Harden's new team. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's, that's true. That's, that's a fact of life. He just was, uh, Houston loved him. And I don't think he loved Houston, but in their, <laughs> in their head he did. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy deal, but, yeah, the Dame thing is an interesting an interesting dynamic that could really, really shake up things and also could really, really not, depending mm-hmm. on, like, like Miami is the team that everybody's talked about. Like, if Miami has to give up too much and they've already lost some pieces that I think people are sleeping on, granted, Dame would, like, the Gabe Vincent being gone, 
Dame would fill that hole. Like he wouldn't be like, oh no, what do we do with our point guard spot? Like he yeah. would have a solution. But I feel like if you lose too much as the Heat, it won't be enough to counteract. And it could just be interesting. But what was mm-hmm. your like in your brain? You close your eyes. You are the Portland GM. What like what t- package do you want back for Dame? Is it is it uh, young assets? Is it a star? Go, I would say young. I mean, they just locked themselves into a five-year Jeremy Grant deal, which so I don't know if they made that. I guess Knowing I don't know the Dame timeline. Was gone. Yeah, I can't remember. I Jeremy guess. Grant signed first, but if that there, who knows what was behind the doors of yeah. like if Dame told them, "Hey, I would like to not be a Portland Trailblazer next season. Mm-hmm. I won't say anything publicly until you get a couple days in, so you can like." use me as bait for people to sign. I don't know, but yeah, but I guess with the salary floor thing, um, signing that Jeremy Grant contract, even if you are rebuilding and getting young players makes a lot of sense too. Cause you need to have, yeah, you need to have <laughs> enough. I think it's like 120, either 120 or 180. You need to use up your floor. money. Yeah. Or else you get, uh, heavily taxed and penalized. Almost. Isn't it worse than going high? Um, it's, I think it is just because it has to counteract like the fact that you're saving money by not spending it. You know, mm-hmm. it has to cost more for you to to spend below the floor than it were to if you were inside the barrier. I think what type of a just a nightmare scenario the Suns would have been in with uh, Sarver. Mm. Just saving money is his thing. Oh, yeah, I'll give you this first round pick for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Granted, the Suns team now will have no struggle hitting the bottom line i think that four players they hit the bottom line yep i yeah uh, i think that's pretty easy at this point but um yeah so i think portland would probably try to go young i don't see them trying like especially in this mega uh competitive west that is building out right now i don't think that retooling on the fly right now and trying to like you know take on players to win now i that's not the move (laughs) right now um because just looking at like the standings, like are the Spurs going to be the worst team next year? Like, and they don't seem like they'll be bad. Like, yeah, no, if they're to, the worst in the West. The West is scary. Yeah, it's hard to find a team that is. You're like, oh yeah, they're going to be bad. You know, uh, you know, and I I would also argue that like there's going to be the Nuggets on a tier. Then the next tier is like the Lakers. Because they've done a lot of good things in free agency yes. that I have liked. The and they were prices they got guys back, the new guys they brought in. I am shout out to They very uh, well could have been the second best team in the league last year come playoff time. Like it, they no, could have been. When you saw level. the Lakers playing at their best, I think they were the second best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Second or third. Like it, yeah. they were where they ended up in the playoffs in the, the Western Conference finals. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense when they played at their best. We just saw yeah. a lot of their not best. Yeah, yeah, and a different, a totally different looking roster as well. But so. then I feel like there's an argument that Portland's going to be the worst when Dame's gone. Yeah, I think that would be the clear winner of that um, race. <laughs> yeah. So and but then like there's it's going to be like Nuggets and then a couple teams on that second tier and then I think it's a, a bit of a gap. But then it's like a lot of every team will be fighting for a play in spot that ten that that ten play in spot. Mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if every team is kind of in that ballpark. Because I think Houston sneakily got a lot better. Um, oh, yeah. They're definitely with, better. Yeah. And it's not sneaky. They paid a lot of money to get better. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there's just a lot of things. That West is going to be extraordinarily competitive. But yeah. Anyway, there's a couple teams that I think got better 
quietly. Uh, Cleveland's a team where I, I like Max Drews. I didn't love that they lost uh, Osman. Yeah. But they they got – Karis LeVert came back. Um, then they also got Niang, the mm-hmm. minivan. Yeah. So – so I definitely what they were looking for this offseason was, you know, the same thing that all of us analysts, if I can uh, call myself that, um, had been talking about what they needed, which was like at the three spot, somebody who can knock down corner threes or just reliably stretch the floor and shoot. And they like, found a couple. Yeah. So they got um, Max Struess and George Niang, which that's both of their best skills. Yep. Um Osman is definitely more of a slashing player. He became a little bit more consistent from outside last year because he had to play that role. But like, and he's, he's in Miami now. No, Where's he's he in now? Uh, San Antonio. It's a three-team trade. Okay, yeah. I guess pause, not pause necessarily. But I'm just where? How do we want to? We touched on Dame. Do you want to finish your Dame thing? Because we kind of went off the rails. There's just like a lot of things. Like my favorite contract of the entire free agency so far has not like is like probably not even that big of a deal. I just like it because of the value. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do how do we want to approach? I'll just say this last thing about Dame about um, if he goes to Miami, that definitely uh, will shake things up. I think that would be a huge value add for them. Obviously, uh, seeing as you know, Eric Spolstra seems to take whatever roster he's given and do something with it. Um, if he's given a star like that, somebody who can be like he's not necessarily. I wouldn't say he's definitively better than Jimmy Butler, but he would be. He plays more of that number one option type of role more than Jimmy does. You know, Jimmy's impact on the game isn't really specifically that unless he's, when he's at his very best, you know, he's able to to tap into that. But the consistent best part of Jimmy is being that second guy that like explodes for a couple minutes and then like becomes that second guy again. So giving them a true ice in my veins, I'm number one Mm -hmm. to let Jimmy Butler, like be the side guy. Until yeah, he wants to be number one and knows Dame will know when to let him take over. Yep. Because he, he knew when to let CJ McCollum take over when he needed to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's a duo of players that'll be really fun to watch. Yeah. And he'll yeah, uh Jimmy just playing a role that I think he's ideal for, which is uh really locking in on the defensive end, uh which he I mean he already does, but doing that even more, uh being able to spend more energy on that end. And then also um, you know, still driving Attack, attack and closeouts on offense, stuff like that. Just not having to create an every possession in the pick and roll like he's had to. Um, and he can also, he's a really good uh, playmaker as well. So you don't need to ride Dame as the primary ball handler all the time if teams are really trying to pressure. Like how his issue in Portland was a lot of times, you know, teams would trap him as soon as he entered the half court, basically, to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, if he's on the heat, that's a much harder thing to accomplish, you know, as a defense against uh, the players that they have there with, you know, once you trap Dame, he's either passing it off to Bam or Jimmy. And those guys are both really good playmakers can make that extra swing because now that the defense is, you know, there's a a four on five essentially um, or a three on four really, then they can, you know, find that the gap in the defense and see where guys are slow to rotate and get an open shot. Uh, both those guys are really high Q in that department. They didn't really have any playmaker like that alongside Dame. I mean, CJ is definitely the better, like the probably the best playmaker that he's had as a teammate. Um, and that's definitely not one of CJ's like main strengths. So yeah, it'll just be a different look. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, that's the the Dame stuff. I th- I don't know if he'll go to the Heat. I guess uh, because of you know what we just said about uh, Eric Cronin. I think is the GM there. Uh, probably not going to just lose the trade. 
um, no matter how much, you know, Dame wants to go to Miami. Um, so we'll see some other teams. I'm sure Daryl Morey is going to be placing some bids, you know, trying to get a shot at um, securing Damian Lillard. Maybe that involves a Harden trade as well, because, you know, he's the other guy who requested a trade, but we'll get into that in a second. Jacob, what was that uh, that contract that you were just alluding to before that is your favorite of this offseason? Jakob Podol. Mm-hmm. Pertle. Pertle, not yeah. Pertle. Wordle, Pertle, my bad. Jakob yeah. Pertle for $20 million a year. That's the same money that Dylan Brooks is getting. Yep. It's a little bit less than Draymond. Granted, Draymond's obviously... But like that's just a nice quiet. It's four years, and if he he's had some struggles with injuries, so you haven't seen like him. But he's a player I love. Mm, yeah. Um, just yeah. what he does, and it's unfortunately going to be on a Toronto team that might not do a whole lot. Um, yeah. That one, and then also was no one willing to pay Seth Curry more? That shocked me. That one blew my mind. Unless it's a prove-it contract, but just do a one-year then. Well, I think he has a player option on the second year. Okay, because I'm I like, so. it's it's like. What was it for? It was four and a half, I think. Four and a half yeah, million per 4. year. Four point six. So yeah, I'm like, what? That's Less it? than the mid level. Yeah, I, Shake I was surprised. Milton's that. making more than that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was really surprised because I was thinking, you know, I wanted him on the Nuggets, obviously, and I was hoping we would be able to get him on the mid level. But I and like my hold back there was like, oh, what if he doesn't sign for the mid level? Like, what he if goes he goes for more? For more? Yeah, not but less. He, he ended up going for less. Yeah, that that really surprised me. Um, um, yeah, and then Mo Wagner's the older one. Wagner, yeah, Mo Wagner, Wagner, Wagner whatever. I suck. Uh, <laughs> but no, there were some contracts where I was like, really, that's interesting. Like, I will say three names, and they're all making the same a per year, and it's Trey Jones. He's oh, two for it, ten, right? Or no, yeah, two for twenty. Two for twenty. Yeah, and then two for ten would be a bargain. Yeah. For him. And then the other one was Joe Ingles is at 11. The Magic, yeah. Yep. Gabe Vincent also at 11, but for three years. I thought he'd get year. more than that, honestly. I did too. But then the Bulls just had to be like, hold up. Let's be a little bit stupid. Kobe White for, for 13 11? or 11? No, it's 11 a year, 33. It's the identical contract to Gabe Vincent. Respectfully, I don't know what world those two players are the exact same value. Yeah, I... That's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's probably more of a bet on him becoming that, I guess. He's had but, four years to figure it out, three years to figure it out, and he hasn't well, at all. Yeah, but the past several years, he's been he behind hasn't. He's been behind guards in the rotation now that Lonzo Ball is out for yet another season, which is another topic we could talk about. Yeah. Um, then, you know, he's going to have more opportunity. And Dragic is just continuing to get older, so, like, there's just more opportunity for him this next season. And and um, repetitions are just opportunity reps, minutes, whatever is how you get better. You can do mm-hmm. all you want in practice, but uh, in game is how you get better just in general. Uh, yeah, Dante also, DiVincenzo was also a great deal. Uh, yeah. What was that one? Uh, I don't remember. Four years uh, for 50 million. So 12, 12 and a half million At, a year. And he went back to the New, Warriors or to New York. Oh, to the Knicks. I don't to think I saw this one. Was this today? I believe it was yesterday. Okay, it might have happened after I was looking through all of them yesterday. Um, interesting. The big ragu is headed to the Big Apple. <laughs> um, so you said four for fifty? They're just rebuilding Villanova. Oh, that's true. 
Uh, this it's was funny how they were... So it was yesterday. Okay, yeah. It's funny how like their the whole thing when they hired Leon Rose and like the, it, their whole thing was they were going to rebuild Kentucky basically. Like it was going to be Kentucky Central, but then now it's like a mixture. It's like a bunch of Kentucky guys and Villanova guys. But yeah, so that yeah that one was interesting. The uh, also but back with the Bulls and Kobe White one. I th- I think I guess I don't know where they're at in terms of how far they're below the salary floor. Oh, so they they might also be doing that. Like that's the reason Joe Ingles made got signed for two for twenty two. How much he did? Yeah, and that's the thing that uh, I need to remember. Like that that's going to be a bigger deal for teams, mm-hmm. uh, especially if general. you see those shorter term deals, like the two year ones that are like a little bit big. Like those are probably that's probably why they're signing those. People are doing math of, uh, like, oh yeah, this guy's like not worth that, but he's not far off. So we'd rather give that money to him than giving it to nobody. Really, to, to, <laughs> yeah, just giving it to someone that won't play because you have to get to that number to not get taxed yeah. to the moon. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I'm trying to pull up Chicago here to see, and they're not updated, so yeah, I cannot check yet. But yeah, so all all those bad teams, like Rockets, Detroit, Orlando. A lot of those teams that they're, you know, we see them signing some, some players that aren't really stars, but they're paying them, you know, some of them at least star level money. And, you know, def- like the reason why that is, is because with this new CBA, um, they're implementing a tax floor. So I think it's either 120 or 180 is that tax floor that a team has to reach as their total salary. And if they're not above that line, then they're going to be heavily taxed. 165. Okay. Oh. Or is oh, that, that the luxury no, no, tax? That's, that's not it. That's not it. I will find it. I think it might be 120, and then 165 is like luxury tax, and 180 is like the 122.4. Okay. First apron is 172, and second apron's 182. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it makes so sense. The from how I understand it, and then maybe this would be a good thing to like that minimum salary. Obviously, is how much people have to get paid. That's 122. The first apron is what the old luxury tax used to be. Yeah, Correct. I mean, it's, it's still the luxury tax. It just has more to it now. But there's, there's more. like the first apron is pretty much just the luxury tax thing. But then the second aprons, when you get to the like all these fancy new rules, you can't sign a, a, a buyout guys. You can't use your mid-level exception. Yeah, you don't get a mid-level exception. Yep. Um, there's like just a bunch of different things that that second apron adds. Mm-hmm. And the goal, I personally believe that this CBA, its goal is to spread good. So then you can have 32 teams in the NBA. Yeah, so I I do think that's or thirty four or wherever they're trying to go to. I feel mm-hmm. like thirty two is kind of a magic number for right now. Um, yeah, but who knows? Uh, yeah, but I feel like the West is a perfect example of how in one year the CBA already kind of took like what is a competitive West and just was like smush and just made everybody in this like yeah scary area. Uh, yeah, it'll just be interesting. So for those that didn't understand what CBA is. It's just the collective, collective bargaining, bargaining yeah, sorry. agreement between the players and the owners and the players try to get things on their behalf. I feel like the owners won this one personally. There's some guys that aren't as good that are going to get more money, but then there's some just weird changes that I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me like at all. But So why do you think the owners won it? I, I guess I'm confused on that. They just like the, the aprons things and the minimum, that's great for players. But then like outside of that, like they can jam more games into a week guys can't rest as easy um, oh yeah those things. like there's just okay. all these things that like yeah for the worst or for the lower tier nba players like the like the 
mid bottom, middle bottom, it's great. For the middle level guys that are like not all stars but are now getting paid, Jeremy Grant's, Fred Van Fleet, like guys like that that are good but not that they're it's great for them. But there's just some things where I'm like, that's just weird. I, th- that's, I think that's it's not more pro player. I think it's just kind of eliminating the middle class. Like it's taking everybody that's in the middle class and then ripping them to either end. Like <laughs> like the people who are high enough in the middle shoot up to this top and then everybody else gets minimums, basically. Like the difference between Fred Van Vliet and who's another example of a guy that's on his level that just isn't going to get paid. Oh, um, I thought I had one in my brain. I mean, but I just... didn't who I, Dennis Schroeder was who they signed yeah, for the, I mean, he's definitely below Van Vliet, but it's not like, yeah. and there's no perfect way we're going to be able to find it, but yeah. Um, okay. Here's, here's one. Uh, Jeremy Grant. And Lawson Reeves is a bad example. I think Je- Jeremy Grant and maybe Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I don't know if Honestly, Harrison Barnes has gotten paid yet. I don't think it's that it's going to be that crazy. Five yeah. for one sixty. No, it, it won't be. It won't yeah. be that. Um, oh. But yeah, like the I feel like you know oh, D'Angelo I, Russell and Fred VanVleet or D'Angelo Russell and Gabe Vincent because I kind of feel like. I don't know. Maybe Gabe Vincent should be worth more this offseason than D'Lo. I don't know. Because no, when he, it's like the moments that Gabe Vincent was good were about the biggest moments that that can happen. And yeah. then he was beat up the entirety of the. He was had something. He never. They never said what it was because it's the Heat. They don't really disclose what they were hurt with if they were at all. Um, but he was like, yeah, that's a that's a great one. Because I think because Gabe Vincent's on eleven a year and D'Lo's on nineteen a year. Sure. 18.5 but yeah yeah so that's wild and yeah. the cba is a th- and the, with the cba also it makes is this just the tradition for a first year of a cba is things just don't make sense because if we go back to the last cba there's a certain russian that we all know and love is timothy mozgov mm-hmm. who just got buku bucks at the start of the last cba mm-hmm. i believe it was with like the lakers but it yeah. was like Four years, sixty-five million. Not that crazy now. Now, but yeah, back, but back then, then, that was like, what is going on? Yeah, Nicholas like Batum was, was another one that signed for a huge deal in in Charlotte. And and Mozgov was doing great for the Cavs, but then they just were like money, and it was wild. Yeah, no, it was. Um, but yeah, so the last one, I, it was a little bit different of a reason, I think, because. Last one, last collective bargaining agreement, we saw a ginormous jump in terms of the value of the league because of the new TV deal made with um, with ESPN and, and Turner. And uh, so with all that extra TV money, that has to raise the, the salary caps of all the teams because those salary caps are based on a certain percentage of the teams to, or of the league's total value. And so then they decided to just add that entire, you know, sum of money uh, adding to the salary cap in one off season, which is different than the way they typically handle it, which is they kind of gradually step it up. So there's not this drastic change, but for some reason, I don't, I guess I don't know the reason why, but they, they added it all in that off season, which basically uh, it literally made it. So a team could have an entire another max contract on top of their salary cap. So like what the hard cap of what teams used to be allowed to spend now just add another max contract on top of that. And that's what they can. So somebody who is right at the cap, like the Golden State Warriors, for example, were able to take on a max salary contract in Kevin Durant. 
Um, and that wouldn't have happened without them stepping it up as much as they did in that one off season. But in this, this off season, I guess I don't know it, how much it's raised the salary cap. I don't think it's that drastic. I, I, and I think they're trying not to make that same mistake again as well. So even if the amount is similar to what it was last time, they're not adding all of it in one off season. They're gradually stepping it up. And the main thing that's making teams sign all these guys like Fred Van Vliet to deals where he's making in the fifties or forties of millions. Cause it's three for one thirty, Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's like 43 so. a year. Um, Who are we talking about again? Van Vliet. Uh, yeah. Three for one thirty, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Very specific amount for some reason. Like everyone else is an ice round number. And then Van Vliet is 128,539,845 for three years. <laughs> but everyone yeah. else is a nice circle round number. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's because it's some specific thing. Cause was Van Vliet technically a sign and trade? Um, I don't think so. To but- get him the fancy money. I think it, I mean, it was a max. What he signed for was a max. Yeah, and so, so maybe that's, that's why because it's, it's a max. That's why it's a weird number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so what? What was I saying? The oh yeah. So the reason we're seeing all those guys sign now for what they are is because of that salary floor that we have talked about already. And I think Fred VanVleet and Jakob Pertl and uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, Joe Ingles, like those type of guys are like I feel like you're going to see those guys getting a lot of money. Um, inherently because these bad teams, they're not trying to accelerate their timeline too fast. You know, they want to continue to develop the young guys that they're investing in and drafting. So they don't want to go out and sign a James Harden. You know, they don't want to spend that money on James Harden because that like will take away a lot of the opportunities and, you know, uh, development really for some of their young guys. Um, And instead they want to go get like, you know, veteran guys who know how to play a role and are more like, you know, can fit in as needed and just spend all that money on them so they can, you know, stay above that, that tax bracket. So, um, yeah, it's an, in- it makes for a very interesting, funky salary table for a lot of these teams looking at who they're giving all this money to, but I think it, it will help in the long run because for those who don't know, the reason why this was implemented was, uh, to discourage tanking essentially, because they don't want teams to just not spend any money on their roster and just, you know, like, so save money and w- lose at the same time because they have a not very talented roster because they're trying to develop. And just while they're doing that, they're like, well, while we're not competing right now, why do I have to spend money on this team? Like, let's just spend as little as possible. Let's just get only rookie deals. Like, let's get only young guys on our team, you know? And so the league is like, nope, you can't do that anymore. You have to spend this certain amount. And so I think that's going to help. And also just the new lottery odds, which aren't new this season. They were new last season. But I think the reason why you didn't really see the effect of them last year was because of how generational of a draft this draft was. So teams were like, yeah, the top four or the bottom four teams all get only a 14% chance at getting the first pick. But in this type of a draft, I'm willing to do that still. I think... For most drafts moving forward, you're not going to see people or see a lot of teams as willing to just tank and fall out of the plan to go be a bottom dweller uh, because the the reward risk to reward ratio is not very favorable at that point. But yeah, so that's the salary stuff. Talk about numbers. Um, and I guess we kind of already covered the Rockets. I The next team we can touch on, I guess, is the Bucks. The Bucks uh, signed Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. They both uh, got re-signed. And Jay Crowder. Uh, oh, yeah, and Jay Crowder. What was that number? Was that 
Um, it's a year. It was a minimum, a veteran minimum. Maybe. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Um, but they got Brooke Lopez on a two-year deal. It is not listed the amount, so I have no idea. Okay, should be on Spot Track, but no, it's not. That's like that's what I was looking at, and it just says a year in Milwaukee, and it just says estimate. And it doesn't say a number next to that percentage. Yeah, it just says nothing. Yeah, you're right. Jay Crowder has no <laughs> number. Very interesting. But anyways, so but yeah, they signed uh, Brooke Lopez to I want to say it's a thirty million a year contract for two years, and Chris Middleton got resigned for I want to say that one was a three year deal, maybe four. Um, but he, I, I know it was thirty four annually, thirty four million annually, twenty four million annually, thirty two year forty eight million. I'm looking at spot track. I'm talking about Chris Middleton. Oh, yeah. Three year 102. So 34. Yeah. Mark Lopez is the 24. Oh, 24. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, I mean, both those guys are aging out a little bit. Like Chris Middleton, just with injuries and stuff, hasn't been super valuable in, you know, the past year or so now. So I was a little bit surprised to see that, you know, him getting, because like just looking at Draymond's deal versus Chris Middleton's deal. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people in the league that would say that Draymond's probably, like, to certain teams, at least, like, to the Warriors. Like, Draymond might be more important to the Warriors than Chris Middleton is to the Bucks at this point. Yes, yep. it's debatable. And Draymond's making $9 million less annually. So, you know, I, I would have guessed we would have saw Chris Middleton go for more, more of a number like that. But, obviously, we did not. But I don't, the thing is, I don't think that's that crazy of a number out of all of the numbers we've seen this offseason. So, um, but yeah, that's the Bucks. My team, the Nuggets, have done not much. We lost Bruce Brown right away. He went to Indiana for a bag. He's getting 22 and a half a year. Which was expected. Like, if you were going to lose him, you knew it would be to, to, to be more money. If he was yeah. going to sign for that amount, the Nuggets, which was, was around, was it? 13 million or something like that or 14 million a year. So we, what we were able to give him was 7.8 for this season. But then as soon as he signed that, we were, the team was willing. Calvin Booth said that he would sign him to a four-year extension worth like 15 to 17 mil okay. annually. Okay. So it would be a five-year deal for Bruce Brown, which like, you know, it would be a similar, I feel like it's a similar level of value to what he did get in indiana but he also might be betting on himself a little bit of saying like after this deal i might even make more than like i could I, get this again or i could make more more yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um and maybe he enjoys the changing of scenery because he's never really stuck somewhere i guess that's true but he's at least he's been more vocal about how much he's loved denver like how much he's enjoyed mm -hmm. just being in denver and colorado like but indiana i guess is you know, it's got a farm Western vibe to it as well, um, which is kind of what his his thing is now. You know, loving wearing cowboy hats, listening to country music, which is just funny for a, just a guy from Boston to be like that. that. But, but yeah, so and then your team. Well, first, yeah. So what the Nuggets did do, because obviously we didn't get Bruce Brown. We re-signed uh, DeAndre Jordan to a uh, one year minimum. And then we got Reggie, uh, Reggie Jackson on. Two year, um, five, five, five yeah, two for one. ten. It's two, for a, two for ten. I think two it was like two for, quarter. yeah, yeah, something like that. So, which I think is a good because, like, you know, obviously he didn't work out at all last year after the deadline, after being our buyout uh, signing. But I think 
you know, it's just hard to like re like to integrate yourself into a system that's been, you know, it's one of the best in the NBA at, at the time and like trying to compete at a really high level. I think, you know, starting fresh with an off season to ramp up into the year, like I think he might be that replacement for Bones Highland, which is what his original, like I, the idea of signing him was, was to give us a backup ball handler point guard, somebody who can run two man game with Jokic. Um, so hopefully he's able to, you know, reach that, you know, type of play style and be able to provide us with like a, a pretty solid, at least backup point guard. So Jamal isn't, you know, overworked to the, to the point that he has been. And then, so that was Our the Nuggets. Winners? Do we go to the winners? Oh, I guess we can touch on the Celtics. Yeah, that's what I was going to toss over to you. Set. Yeah, which congratulations. Uh, that's my guy. He's one of my few guys in the NBA that just, you know, Syracuse guy, but not just a Syracuse guy. It was like he was one of my favorite guys at Syracuse while he was there. So happy to see him continue to get some opportunities in the league. I think he'll be a good like rotation piece, at least good like um, good something good to have on your bench to bring in to fill in at that wing spot. Can play defense, um, be physical. So he's a good rebounder for his size. His shot isn't like Crazy, ideal, but it's <laughs> but, reliable if he's open. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a non-shooter. So, but yeah. Um, and you said go to the winners for teams or like who like players who got teams. the best deal. Okay, teams that the team. I think it just a team won, and it's. I don't think it's close. Okay, let me think about that for a second. I also want to pull up because I have. I'm just doing all of this based off of memory. <laughs> um, okay, now let me take a look at this and see who Jacob thinks is the winner. I'm guessing it's a team we've already brought up. Yep. Is it the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah. Okay. Just with where they're at and then what they got, like Jackson Hayes, great value. Sneaky, get some rotation, but don't need a lot from him. But you're not paying him a lot either. Uh, Torian Prince, it's a prove-it contract for him. Trying to yeah. maybe get a little bit more on his way out, whatever you want to call it. I love that one. Gabe Vincent, we've already talked about. Getting Rui back. And then Austin Reeves, what is the weird reason he couldn't get more? Um, so apparently this is what's known as an early bird max. Um, and, you know, the bird meaning they have his bird rights technically, but it's what's known as an early bird rights because he hasn't completed a full rookie deal yet in his time in the league because he was a undrafted free agent that signed a two-way deal, <laughs> meaning he signed a, a not fully guaranteed deal that was like half – G League contract and half NBA <laughs> contract. And so the combination of him only having two years of experience, him going undrafted, and him also being on a two way deal as his previous contract puts his early bird maximum at $56 million over four seasons, which is still, I, I can't remember the amount, but it's like 5%, something like that, more than every other team would be allowed to sign him for. So it's a very rare scenario where a player that, you know, is so like brand new in the league and has not gotten paid anything at all and was not drafted is like worth a lot of money, you know, is commanding that much money. So then they max him out at a number that's that looks really cheap for what how he's played. But that's technically the most that he's allowed to sign for. So 
It's a pretty rare circumstance, rare scenario. And I, I, this is the first I, time I even am aware of it, to be honest. Well, well, just because a guy has to be like an undrafted sneak under the radar and then explode during that first contract yeah. into this guy that's worth a lot of money. But like just looking at breaking it down further, you've got Reeves, Hachimura, Russell, Vincent, Cam Reddish. All of that is for $60 million combined. You have five rotation pieces for a year, for right? A, for yeah, just a year. Yeah. For a, a, a max and a quarter. Or max and a half. Whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like five guys that will play. Reeves starts. Hachimura's in their rotation if he doesn't start. D'Lo and Gabe Vincent are both going to play through. And I think Cam Reddish sneaks in there sometimes. Jackson Hayes sneaks in there. I just feel like that's the best from people like right here. Because like <laughs> Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet went for the exact same amount of money. Combined. Like. Per year, you take the Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks money, and then all of those other pieces the Lakers got, oh, and they're yeah. equal to each other. That makes sense. It's yeah. different situations, but I just I think the Lakers maybe not like oh they got the best value when you take or you take they got the best players nothing like that. It's just what they needed. They filled all those holes and got guys back for good money that allows them to still do more or just deal with the crazy money they already had on their on their bankroll. So. Mm-hmm. I thought the Lakers won. Um, I don't know the team that lost. Mavericks, because they were fighting against themselves to get Kyrie, and then they had to pay Kyrie $42 million a year, but they got Seth Curry for garbage money, so mm-hmm. they, they probably didn't actually lose. And they were they were able to sneak away with signing him to a three-year instead of four or five, which yeah. is good. Did Denver lose? Um. I mean, because of what they all lost. If we're just looking at free agency, Jack White. I'm just kidding, <laughs> Jack White. Yeah, no. Um, if we're just looking at free agency, then maybe I guess. But at the same time, there's not much we we can do with how little money with, we have. With with, uh, with where you're at, that's 100 yeah. percent true. But that I think we did really well is- in the draft, though. So I, I'm still feeling good about our off season. No, overall. you totally should. No, I just was saying that the Nuggets like brought back some pieces, but losing Bruce Brown hurts a lot. Uh, Thomas Bryant, Jack White, gut butt punches. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm just like scrolling through quickly, trying to see if there's like another team that's another team that was like, a, oh, they were cl- closer to than the Lakers than I thought. I guess who was your winner in your brain? Oh, like, I, I would who, agree with you on the Lakers. Okay, you I thought think it that's was the Lakers. I think that's a really good one. Um, Cleveland, I would be okay giving second I, place. Yeah, I like Cleveland's off season. I mean, Phoenix did what they had to, which is signing uh, a bunch of people. I just feel like they did a worse job than the Lakers did. Yeah, of but like, the Lakers had a lot more to work with, though, at the same time. Because they had pieces they could bring back that wasn't Josh Akogi. Phoenix was just literally signing minimums all the way around, which, yeah. it, like, which is what they... That's all they can do. All they can do. Um, is but Patrick Beverly to the Sixers official? Is that a thing? I think so. Okay, good. I, think that I was made a, a meme. Yep, I made a meme, and I just wanted to see if I could delete it or not. Do you want to see it? Uh, sure. Um, but also, I think the Utah Watanabe on a minimum is a really good deal for Phoenix. I, 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 I don't know. I just feel like as far as a minimum level players go, Watanabe's um, on the higher end. Um, I think we lost Jacob. Is the recording still going? Hello? What Hello? happened? Uh, the share and the leave button are right next to each other. Oh. 
Yeah, so it's still recording, but it just you disappeared from the screen for a little okay. bit. <laughs> Here's my meme. I made this. It might have been the night Marcus Moore got traded because I knew it was going to happen. Uh, okay. For those that are listening, it's the Drake meme. And it's Patrick Beverly on the top where Drake's like, I don't want that. And then when Drake's like, yeah, it's Marcus Smart. Because there was rumors. I just, I knew it was going to happen. Because Marcus Smart is just the like, they're not the same player, but they kind of are. Yeah. So who's, I'm confused on who Drake is in this, in this uh, scenario. Is Drake what? the Celtics? Is like, who, who is saying yes and, or, and no? No, this is from my point of view. Just like who you think they are as players? Do not get how memes work. It's like I don't want Patrick Beverly. Marcus Smart's my guy. Like okay, but usually I would th- you would think that there was somebody was given the option between these two, and you're like, and the, like the person would be like, oh, I don't want that, but that, uh, you know, I want. It's I just feel like, like it's ev- everybody on the planet would rather have Marcus Smart. Okay, I was just confused because I didn't know if oh. there was like a, a connection between. Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart in terms of where they were rumored to end up or some something. No, uh, I th- I did see a couple rumors that they thought uh, the Celtics were interested in Patrick Beverly, and that's why I was waiting for there to be like an official rumor, like uh, a Woj rumor or a Shams. They don't really do rumors anymore, but like a, a real rumor, like from a person. But that never happened that I saw. It was always just speculatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Joe Walsh for Yahoo Sports technically said there was a rumor, but yeah. Anyway. Joe Walsh. Isn't that who it is? Right? I, I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm just saying the generic he, name again. I think he's a Yahoo guy that used to be uh uh Bleacher Report. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. I don't I guess I don't really recognize the name very much. But um yeah, San Antonio I thought did pretty good too, getting Trey Jones on a steal. I thought the Raptors kind of lost in this offseason or in this free agency because I mean, they did get Jalen McDaniels. I didn't even see that until just now. Um, but the thing is, I I'm willing to bet that they uh, did not realize that they were for sure going to lose Fred VanVleet when they signed that Jakob Pertle deal. Because if you have Fred VanVleet on your team, Jakob Pertle four for eighty, I think is a good deal. Mm-hmm. But if you have you don't have Fred VanVleet on your team and you want to be bad, it's not a great deal. Yeah, I don't. I don't, well, no, it's the, like just the style. Like, who's gonna you make Jakob Pertle worth anything on offense? Like, they don't have any facility. Like, they got Dennis Schroeder, who's not a pass first guy. Like, like the entire uh, Raptors offense was going through Fred VanVleet this past year or so. Like, it's like he's the only guy making decisions and hitting people in the pick and roll. But pairing him and Pirtle was like a match made in heaven. Um, because, I mean, but like the thing is, Pirtle just, he, what he does on offense is roll to the rim and put some pressure on it. He's good at that. But in order to do that effectively, you have to have somebody who's good at getting you the ball to do that, you know? Um, and the and Toronto just doesn't have a lot of, I mean, I guess if Scotty Barnes really develops quickly to... Into an, into a facilitator yeah i mean he that's one of his main skills for sure but like in order to be an effective pick and roll player you also have to have like the scoring threat you know being able to create your own shot which he does not really have Uh, um so do you there i'm looking at the roster of the toronto raptors and i think it's updated looking at it yeah um 
Scotty Barnes is listed as a power forward on spot track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. he, he's like a point forward. Okay. There is three guards. Dennis Schroeder, Gary Trent Jr. And Malachi Flynn are the only three guards on the entire Raptors. Roster. Yeah. And I don't think Malachi Flynn is somebody you're, you're going to want playing no. minutes to do this. I mean, Gary Trent, maybe, but he's not like, he's a, another score first guy like Dennis Schroeder. Um, yeah. It's just, I, I yeah, it's, it's just an interesting dilemma they have that yeah. they're going to need Scotty Barnes to just go full LeBron mode. Yeah. Which yeah, they, doesn't – you can't ask anybody to do that. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And they got a new rookie head coach who I don't know how, like, inventive he is offensively. I'm pretty sure his reputation is more as a as a defensive guy. So, which Jakob is great for that. Uh, he's a really good rim protector, a really good presence on that end. But yeah, his the side of his offensive, like the offensive side of his game is something that I just feel like you need a point guard like a Fred Van Vliet to kind of unlock. Um, and yeah, so I think that's kind of directly linked to what his value would be for a team. And there's nobody really left that mm-hmm. can do that for you. In free agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just really nobody left. One thing I found interesting, uh, the Sixers decided to not extend Maxi. Just seems like a weird thing to wait for. Is it to wait, see what happens with Harden and then do it? Um, waiting until next offseason, you mean? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it happens every once in a while. I think it's smart to do that. But the to thing wait is, just to see. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no reason you need to sign the, the year prior. The only reason that teams do that is to go above and beyond of like, hey, no, I'm not like we're super bought into you, player, you know? like show them as much confidence as possible. And which and, is like the, the anti Mori way of, yeah, they're exactly. just meat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not as bad as Danny <laughs> Ainge. They're just meat, but it's pretty much, they're just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's definitely more has, has more of the business mindset and, you know, than the human mindset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sixers, if, yeah, the I guess we can get into that. The Harden uh, trade request. Were you going to say something? Charlotte Hornets restricted free agent Miles Bridges is preparing to sign a seven point nine million qualifying offer for next year, clearing the way for him to become an unrestricted free agent next summer. The Hornets and Bridges are far apart in extension talks, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, has he had a trial or or anything? I haven't been paying attention to his situation at all. Like, is he innocent? Like, why is he now coming back? Um, I will searching while you discuss yeah, because um, whatever. If if he he um was found guilty for what uh you know seemed like he did domestic violence involving the mother of his children. Yeah, video of of him choking her and. And his kids watching and reacting. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Oh, he pleaded no contest, three years probation, no jail time. Interesting. And he also must adhere to a 10 year criminal protective order for the victim, weekly narcotics and marijuana testing as restitution for the victim. And it is set for. Yeah, this happened in December, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he's probably wanting the money like he didn't do what he did. And the Hornets are like, no, yeah. we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. 
Yeah, because he, he, he was about to get a bag that offseason, yes. my last offseason, or whenever that was now. Was that two offseasons ago? That would have been last offseason. Oh, it was? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it would have been this offseason. But last offseason was when he was going to sign the extension. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he would have been up this offseason why he is signing the very little baby contract. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um I feel it just feels like a long time ago now, but I guess it was only a year ago. It looks like it was well, he got like tried in December and stuff. That's when all of the things so I don't know if it was the off season before. I'm oh. looking for news, but it's only talking about the legal thing. Like how long has it been two years now since he's played for the Hornets? Like that's the question I'm asking basically. Has it been one year or two years since he's been on the Hornets roster playing games? Um he was charged in July of twenty twenty two. So I think it's just one. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But this year also was the longest year ever, and so many things happened. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um oh yeah, it also going back to your Celtics. We didn't mention the Corzingis extension. Yep. Which um, I'm two for 60. What I thought was going to happen. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it, for, it's, yeah. it's good that it's not very long. It's pretty short term and it's also less a little bit than he was getting annually already. And this is an optimistic thing that I might've thought of before, but I never really sat and thought about it. He's never been on a good team. Like he, like those I mean, Knicks the, teams were Okay. No, the Mavericks teams were Mavericks, <laughs> but not like. I mean, they weren't contenders really, but they were cl- they were good playoff teams, I guess. No, Just like I, they I, were unfortunate in running against running into the Clippers back to back years, and Porzingis getting injured both of those playoff series. But I would also he like because it's Luca, who is the most. Suck all of everything, and I will just carry us to the promised land because that's our offensive t- plan. Yeah, but he was less like that when he when he had KP. They they kind of played off each other a lot more. I'm just excited because you could argue that KP is going to be the third option. Uh, yeah, probably. I would Unless say Jalen's gone, but like if Jalen's gone, we're probably finding a new second option. Yeah, I mean KP and, is a he's a solid second option, even better as a third option. Yeah, but I, yeah, he if this I just think this is the best situation he's been in, and I hope that if like we get exactly what he did last year on the Wizards, mm-hmm. on the Celtics, I feel like we'll be fine, and I won't be devastated. The yeah. defense is going to haunt me for forever. Not his defensive, but just not having the Marcus Smart, oh. our point guard, can cover your center not well, but can. Like, it's yeah. not like a nightmare scenario. It's not like throwing Steph Curry against Joel Embiid. I mean, yeah, look at – I mean, I think the most famous matchup of that d- degree was Marcus Smart guarding Chris Stapp's Porzingis, ironically, <laughs> uh, for all those years. But, yeah, um, yeah I th- but the other thing, though, with Chris Stapp's defense, I, th- I think that's kind of the main – a really big thing that he's adding to the Celtics this year because he – last season was honestly probably his peak defensively. Like and- – New York was, able- was really good, and then Mavericks, he was ne- not near as mobile. And then all of a sudden with the Wizards, he was like back to his New York self again. Well, and I think that like Noah Vonley looked like a pretty good defender in the Celtics defense when Robert Williams wasn't playing. Yeah. Just because of like how – and I don't know how much that shifts with Marcus being gone, but the switch everything, switch all the time, and then they just have – they let somebody kind of sit under 
and move like pretty much like the baseline guy on a a one three one, but it's not that because it's the NBA and that doesn't work in the NBA. But that's pretty much what Robert Williams got to do: just move from block to block and like be a presence around the rim. And if that's all Kristaps has to do, I feel like he will be just as efficient as Robert Williams, but not a liability offensively because he can do more than just run to the rim. Oh yeah, a lot more. And um, also, I think. I mean, it's you can debate like what's better to have like a super athletic, undersized guy protecting the rim or like just like a seven three guy. Yeah, that, that is also pretty athletic, pretty mobile. Um, he's a unicorn. Yeah, so I think as long as he stays healthy, like he's I, which I'm not expecting him to play any more than really sixty five ish. Like you know that cutoff. Like he'll probably be around that. Well, but I think that the thing that's nice is like all three of our bigs, I don't want to play too much. And because we have three of them, none of them have to play a ton. Mm. Like Robert Williams, the third Al Horford and KP. I and don't Luke necess- <laughs> and Luke Cornett. Sorry. Um, is he still there time. or is he traded? Yeah. Okay. No, I think he's still there. Uh, we lost uh, Gallinari and. Oh, yeah. Yes, Marcus, Smart. Marcus Smart and, um, and oh my young goodness player wasn't there oh my goodness it was a young role player I can't remember who it was I think it was young young player it was somebody who's like on a minimum deal or a small deal um but Muscala oh Mike yeah so not a young guy but still but a minimum just, yeah Mike Muscala yeah. and those guys ended up with the Wizards no, they ended up in yes, yes. Okay, because the Wizards got Tyus Jones, Gallinari, and Muscala, as well as the thirty-fifth pick. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies only got Marcus Smart, and the Celtics got Chris Stapps, the twenty-fifth pick, in a first-round pick, top four protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only top four protected, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the Warriors' pick, so it probably won't be great. Yeah, technically, it's the Warriors' pick, but um, in what year? Twenty twenty-four. Next okay. year, yeah. So it'll it'll be a late first round pick, probably, probably. unless something explodes in Oakland. But yeah, it could be a middle middle of the pack. Definitely could maybe be. Um, with, with how the West is. If Steph misses any kind of chunk like of games, who knows what they were last year? You know, six seed um, around that range could we could well, see similar season. Steph missing time and stuff. Yeah, which he has last three years now, really. So no, yes, not that it's not like not possible, but mm-hmm. um, yes, if if they have a healthy team all year, I don't think it'll be a great pick, but I could be wrong. Yeah, um, you brought up Memphis a little bit ago with with Marcus Smart. That reminded me of their signing. They got uh, Derrick Rose as yes two year minimum. Uh, They're just finding minimum. a bunch of like old head point guards that can like yell at John Morant to stop being dumb. And yeah, I I think D Rose will be the like the good mentor yeah, for I him. Say, I think it, that'll be like good huge. cop, bad cop. Yeah, like I think that D Rose will be very good for Jaw. Yeah, um, and, and also it, just somebody to play point guard in those twenty five games while Jaw is out. You like know? an actual person. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's going back home. Yep. Um, well, which kind is of. he where he went to college at least. He's from Chicago, but. Oh, duh. I knew that. Yeah. That's why him going to Chicago was such a big deal. Yeah. And why the NBA draft is rigged. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he went to college with uh, John Calipari. Calipari. And, at, and uh, Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, so so he was like really the kind of the origins of the NBA factory that is Kentucky. He was one of the first. All because of Derrick Rose. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, without Derrick Rose, does Calipari get hired at Kentucky? No, probably no way. Yeah. Or maybe not no way, but I feel like it's not a very high. Yeah, it's pretty likely that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so. I guess we touched on Kyrie. Yeah, 42, I think, per year for three years. We didn't really go over the Harden trade, did we? The Harden trade didn't happen. Well, like the Harden trade request, like trade, oh, yes. ideas, like the concept. Um, and this is interesting. Third time's a charm. Is he happy after this one? Probably not. <laughs> three times to be in a contractual agreement to make millions of dollars and not once. Like once I get you're the team that drafted you, you got the most money you well, can. Well, at like, least this one, I think he requested the trade while he was not technically under contract because he has a player option. So he said, "I I want to opt into this this player option, but I I'm I'm going to request a trade." Sorry, two and three quarters of a trade request. Yeah, it's still a trade request. He's like, "I'd like to be gone." Now that I've said that and everybody knows, yeah. I'm going to accept this $37 million or whatever number yeah. it is, uh-huh. $34 million, whatever the contract is. Yeah. It's like now that that's out there in the air, I'm still going to take 30 something million dollars. Thank yeah. You. I mean, I think he's at least, he's like, I think he's more likely to play through this season if nothing happens. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think he'll be like a Houston where he just started playing basketball terribly, yeah. like on purpose. Yep. Or get fat like he did in uh, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I don't even and think Houston. Was, he, he did that in both places. <laughs> like, where he just, like, stopped caring. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Matt, like, oh, man, that's just wild. But three times. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. He's going to end up playing for, like, seven teams. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. I mean, but. if he doesn't, yeah, find a place where... I mean, I don't know what his his issue his hang up with philly is if it's still the weather you know because that was one of the reasons he blamed on on the brooklyn thing which is funny because it was like okay you're going from brooklyn to philly like which is like just a straight line like it's not like you're going maybe you're even going north i don't know philly's south of it is it's like southwest a little bit but like i know that people like only like an hour or two though i think it's like really close it's like driving I don't know. Yeah, I'll just yeah. look it up. It's still a, a you know a northeast city. Um, it is south, like yeah, two hours south via a interstate. But I think people do trains. Oh yeah, probably. I think trains connect all of those. Big oh, it's like a four-hour train ride, so that's not really convenient. For some reason, I thought trains just cooked. Well, bullet trains do. Oh yeah, I have, guess that's probably. I don't know. If, are they are they even in America yet? I know that's the people want to like they're in japan well, and stuff but i saw some cr- uh there is oh there yeah there's one in la i'm pretty sure one connecting plan to go from vegas to la oh no i think it's la to san fran i think up to the bay i want to say there cool. is bullet trains all over the place oh never mind but I high th- speed ground transportation act of 1965 that's like yeah probably where they were sitting in to plan but yeah Anyways, we don't need to talk about bullet trains. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what people come for. Yeah. No. Uh, what were we talking about? Harden. Okay. So that's the reason why he's wanted to go back to Houston or Miami. Um, he's from California, I want to say, right? 
Um, well, people are actually from where they went to college, so he's from uh, Tempe. Just kidding. That's Arizona not true. State. Wait, um, Arizona State's in Tempe, right? I don't know. It's in. I know it's in Arizona. <laughs> That's for sure. No, it's in Phoenix. Oh, it is. Is Arizona in Tempe? Then? No, that's in Tucson. Am I just stupid? Is there a school in Tempe? I don't know. I I don't even know what Tempe is. I just I've never even heard of that city. We're really giving the the listeners um some great um detours. But regardless, he's been asking to go to some warmer cities, and I think he's pro. I I want to say he's from the southwest area of like where he resided in his life before he came to the NBA. Um, oh, I can just Google where James Harden's from. Yeah. But um, he's from LA. Okay. That's what I thought. Like, I'm waiting for this motorcycle outside my window to shut up. You would think being in the mountains would be. Um, oh, Tempe is just Phoenix. It is ASU. Oh, it's like a suburb or whatever. Not really a suburb. It's. It is the literal suburb that touches Phoenix. It's like it's um, Omaha and Papillion. It's just right there. Yeah, kind of like that. Scottsdale is the same. Or Boys Town, kind of. Glendale. Yeah, it's it's it is just Phoenix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ASU is technically in Tempe. Yeah. Sick. So it's kind of like how the Dallas Cowboys they technically play in Arlington. Yes. Yeah. Um. But, and also, the LA Clippers, new arena, is going to be in Englewood. And that's where the Los Angeles Rams currently play, Englewood. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that the the new arena that the Clippers are building is, they're, like, they tore down the forum, which was... Yeah, I did know that because Steve Ballmer is hilarious. savage, yeah. <laughs> he is literally... Yeah. He, For those who don't know, the forum is, like, the classic lakers showtime lakers arena that they played in for Every all those magic johnson years banner outside of kobe's and yeah and, and the, the minneapolis LeBron, ones but and the minneapolis one but like the lakers lots of them were in the, the forum. forum yeah uh, and it's gonna be the inuit dome mm. into it not the I was going to say, I, I thought I knew the name of it, but that doesn't sound familiar. It's, in, I flipped two letters. It's in, it, when you said Inuit, I was kind of like, well, that's no, kind of weird. Like, I think that's problematic. I don't think you're supposed to say it. Yeah, you are. That's what they're called. That's the. I'm pretty sure that's what they want to be called. The natives of like the Canada. Canada. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, not even okay. just Canada, but like the northern realms, like very north, <laughs> not just like you know what it's I mean. The Arctic, not just like in Quebec, but like all it's the way up like, in yeah, like the, the there, north, north. I think the word you're not supposed to say, which I might, I don't know, is Eskimo. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah, Inuit. I'm pretty sure is what they want to be called. Which I don't think okay. Eskimo is like. I'm not going to bleep that out. It's just, <laughs> it's just a word. But yeah. Um, oh, some organ. I think it's both fine. Yeah, I mean, I've okay. This is a weird conversation to get into right now, but I feel like most natives are okay. There's a restaurant chain called Eskimo Joe's. There's no way that one's. There's lots of American native tribes that want to be called Indians. Like they, you know what I mean? Wait, is Eskimo Joe's a restaurant or is it like a? Yeah, it's a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we can try to stick on basketball to close this one out. Um, okay yeah 
but uh, the Intuit dome. Yeah, Intuit like TurboTax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that covers that. I think the Clippers they got Russell Westbrook for two years, eight eight million, which I think is a pretty good deal for. Every, I know everybody's out there saying that it's like Eric Gordon is a son. Is he really? When did that happen? He is. Uh, 15 minutes ago, and there is no money yet. Okay. I wonder how much he signed for. I will see if there is money, and I just didn't see it in the original That's a, That's a great signing, I think. Um, that's what, That like, is fantastic. That's one of those, like, you know, player who's good and, like, uh, you know, a veteran that's like, hey, I'll go play for this team because I, it would it would work. You know, it's a good team. Um, yep, there is no money. Yeah, gives them a nice shooter off the ball. Gives them somebody who can also play on the ball if needed, which probably won't really happen much, but they have it <laughs> if they need it. Um, you know, he's not quite... It has his, to be for no money. Probably. It has to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing money anywhere. Which I don't, I don't know if, to most teams, Eric Gordon at this point is worth much more than a minimum. I think some teams probably would think of, think of him like that, but... It's just because he's getting really up there in years. He's not near as like mobile as he used to be. He's just really at this point. He's kind of turning into like a shooter who can be a steady ball handler, but not. I don't know if he's going to really be that effective, like attacking closeouts and things like that. I think what Eric Gordon does do for you, though, is you know in that Nuggets series with, against Phoenix, how every time we would send two at Booker or Durant, whenever they would catch the ball, the ball would eventually get swung over to the open man who was in the corner. And that person consistently was bricking those corner threes because it was some combination of Tory Craig, Ish Wainwright, and Josh Okogi. I think Terrence Ross, they tried him in there a few times, but none of those guys were hitting those shots. Eric Gordon is going to surpass, all, like probably combined, all four of those players, how good sh- of shooters they are. That is what Eric Gordon is as a shooter. So, um, yeah, so uh, that's going to be a nice addition, a good like thing to have. Like all they need is a... a a pair of hands that can catch the ball and reliably shoot a corner three. Like that's what their offense was missing in, in the playoffs last year. Um, so, yeah. And that's what, um, you know, ironically, that is exactly what they gave up to get Kevin Durant was Macau uh, Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, you know, the guys that you would want there to, to play that role. Um yeah, so they're trying trying their best to salvage that. Um, so yeah, I think the Phoenix Suns, I'm higher on them than most people act, or you know, it seems like most people are. I think that they are going to be up there with like the main contenders this next season because all they need is just some some players around what they have, and they're getting that. So um, now the the it's no longer report officially. Miles Bridges has signed that qualifying offer. So he is an unrestricted free agent next summer mm-hmm. and is able to play basketball from what I understand. I've been looking, trying to find if there's any answers like on what is going. And I believe that he's able to play. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. So. Yeah. Lonzo ball. We didn't really talk about that at all. I mean, we mentioned it in passing, but him being out for yet another year is just kind of sad at this point. You know, he he just quickly turned himself into one of my favorite players in the league. Just being like a guy, like a, just a perfect piece to add to a team that's like doesn't need the ball, 
he like he can still be like still provide a tremendous value as a playmaker without even playing on ball really because all he needs to do is get like the ball in transition or even just with like a swing over to him he's like a touch passer like he's a really good connective type of passer like to connect stars to each other that's why i've said for a long time to you that like lonzo ball or josh giddy would be like the perfect player for the, the celtics um because jason tatum and jalen brown you know their value with each other they have their own values but like sometimes you can't get them simultaneously you know what i mean because like if when one of them has the ball the other one's value is not near as good as it would be because like mm-hmm. there's not a good chance that the ball is going to get to the other one very in a you know in a great way um but having a guy like josh giddy or lonzo ball to connect those those types of pieces would unlock a lot um and that's just why I loved Belon's ball. And he turned himself into a 40% three point shooter as well on top of that, uh, which is, and, and he, uh, like, I didn't even mention that he's like, probably his main strength is defense. <laughs> so like, it's just like a great all around player and um, sad to see him struggling with injuries like this. Um, not being able to uh, play basketball for his team for two years now, um, a little over that really. Cause he missed all the last half of, last season before this one um mm-hmm. and then didn't play this year yeah. it'll be like two and a half years it'll be yeah. like zion numbers mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that was uh lonzo ball one uh i can't remember if there's anything else we wanted to touch on here but i think we have pretty good episode uh stacked up now um so i i think unless you have anything else we can probably hit the road Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Check out the Patreon um, and buy me a coffee, all that stuff. Uh, check out the shorts, still uploading one a day, um, at least on TikTok. Like there will always be one a day on TikTok. Everywhere else is kind of dumb because you can't upload, a, you know, TikTok, you can upload up to 10 minute video and everything else has oh. to be under a minute and a half or for YouTube shorts, they have to be under a minute. And so sometimes if I have a longer one that I am like, I can't really make this into anything by shortening it to that amount. Um, I'll just put that on TikTok and everywhere else is, has the day off. But uh, yeah, so at least on TikTok, there will be a new short every single day. We just hit um, 1100 now uh, followers on there. So we're, we're seeing numbers there shooting up. We're making it, Jacob, we're making it. Um, and uh, we're getting a lot of nice comments as well as as hateful ones, but uh, that just kind of comes with the territory. <laughs> Neither of us have Down syndrome. If anyone was wondering, yeah, that's uh, that's been a common one. <laughs> Is that, it really? That's, Is it more? It's been. Twi- I don't have TikTok. Okay, there's been at least twice now. Another person said he think com- that we both do. I don't know who you, who he was talking about. This this the second guy. He said. Um, LOL, bro is almost missing an extra or missing a chromosome. Well, because I say some stupid stuff, and that's fine. That's disrespectful to Down syndrome people, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, we're, um, we, by the way, are not trying to be disrespectful or like no, offensive that's at all. What people say the, the people have called us this, <laughs> so um, um, but, but you, the first guy also... said the first guy said it wasn't our takes. It was it was our well. Okay, so I asked him, <laughs> is it the takes or the looks? And he said, no, the take is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, all right, that's, well, 
good to know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the one oh, the one that man. we're getting a lot of hateful comments on is our most viewed video, and it continues to be our like it's it's the algorithm loves this one, which is the uh, the first part one of the uh, what players should get rings. The one where you're oh, like, really? you're you're a loser. You're that's lame. That's <laughs> la- that one. And um, I'm like, I just I come off like I'm saying that all players who get traded should should get rings. Which mm-hmm. if you listen to the whole thing, that's not no, really what I was saying. Also, if you are put this on TikTok, <laughs> you random person that's about to come and that we either look like we're stupid, fair, <laughs> sound like we're stupid, also fair. Listen to the full context. Yeah. It would be greatly appreciated because I can handle the criticism, but sometimes it's too much. <laughs> sometimes it hurts a little bit. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't at all. But yeah. just maybe, maybe, you don't even have to. Logan does a great do- job on YouTube. He breaks it down so you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to. Feel free to. But he does these great little segments. There's also a part two of that clip that helps out a lot that's on the tiktok right after it so yeah give just just yeah. look for context before you say i eat paint chips yeah <laughs> there also this reminds me there was another guy who dm'd me yesterday and apparently because i don't he doesn't follow me it doesn't let me reply to him which i didn't know was a thing but i followed him because you know i like just follow a bunch of people who yeah either view the video or like it or comment or something like that i don't know what he did for me to follow him but somehow i did and he he just he just DM me, uh, nah, I, bro, I ain't following you guys. You guys don't know anything about basketball. Or <laughs> he said something like that. And I was like, all right, well, uh, have a good day <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but it said it wouldn't send to him. But uh, yeah, those those interactions are just kind of funny to me. Um, I like the original uh, syndrome comment was uh like immediately when i read it i didn't even like it didn't register as an insult it was just kind of like what in the i was just so surprised that somebody would say that and the way he worded it was just hilarious so uh i don't know i feel like i'm a person you like if you make fun of me i usually will laugh at it i'll usually think it's it's funny so if it is funny if it's a crappy one that's not as funny yeah uh like just calling me fat okay nobody's done that by the way really nobody has uh, it's gonna start now. For sure. <laughs> it's gonna be like if it's creative. Are you calling me fat? That's funny. Maybe I don't look fat because you don't see my belly because that's where I carry all my weight. Mm. I'm actually 700 pounds. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a guy though that said on the this video that guy we keep mentioning the one with. You're gonna it. cut most of this out, right? I'm just, I was just probably, but okay. Uh, this one has like over 10,000 views now. It's our most viewed video. Um, <laughs> the guy commented. Uh, both y'all suck in real life <laughs> and his name was brian that was his username and it's it, brian yeah and it was a, Shout out it was to a brian. Pa- patrick star is his profile picture <laughs> and i said do i know you brian <laughs> oh man that's awesome yeah <laughs> but yeah tiktok has been a, a good form of entertainment for me recently both y'all suck in real, real life, life. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, that's the episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Stay happy, Sweet stay deal. healthy, and we will talk to you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>